Welcome to Living the Writing Life podcast. My guest today is Ariel Hoy, a former elementary teacher who's a multi-genre author living in the Orlando, Florida area. Ariel and I have a few things in common. We're both members of the Florida Writers Association. We both love to read, and we both have a preference for the color purple. But she has me beat when it comes to awards. She's a five-time Royal Palm Literary Award winner, and in 2020, she also received the President's Award from the Florida Writers Association. Her work includes the complete revision workbook for writers, the children's books Grumbler, Joyride, and Pling's Party, and contributions to several anthologies. Ariel is the editor of How I Met My Other Anthology series and the creator of the Focus Journal line of journals. In addition to her membership in the FWA, where she is currently serving as executive vice president, she belongs to the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators and Independent Book Publishers Association. She's also an editor, speaker, and consultant, and the owner of Orange Blossom Publishing. And I'll have links to her website and social media profiles in the show notes. In today's conversation, Ariel and I will talk about channeling your inner child, how to switch from writing adult fiction and nonfiction to books geared toward a much younger crowd. So welcome to the podcast, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure, and it's always nice to chat with a fellow member of FWA. So talking about the children's books that you've written, now you've, you've got three so far, Grumbler, Joyride, and Pling's Party, and those are geared primarily for ages two to eight. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, super. Now, you've also written fantasy, short stories, and books for writers. What is your process from when you're changing from writing for an adult audience to writing for children? You know, when I first started, um, I wrote adult, and I had several things published that were adult, and I had a story hit me that was for, that was a children's story, and I thought, okay, um, I think this is a picture book. Um, hmm, let me start looking this up. And I learned, okay, it's supposed to be 500 words. And there's a lot of different things uh, with writing picture books. And I thought, well, let me just, you know, figure this out. And my first uh, attempt was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's fine. Um, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I wrote like an adult, but with children's characters. And I needed to learn how to write for children, which is different. And I spent an entire year. I had um, a mentor, Gloria Rothstein. Uh, she wrote Sheba Sleep and just wonderful author who mentored me um, and taught me how to write picture books. And I just, it was one of the most jarring things of my career because I didn't realize how different it was. I thought it was going to be easy. This is a children's book, but it's actually a lot harder because you only have 500 words and there's all these different things that you have to do with picture book language, like paying attention to the words that you use as far as vocabulary, but also you have to design it to be read aloud and you have to, you know, write it. So there's no, that nothing is extra and kind of like extra fluff because the illustrations show a lot. So you don't need it in the text. So you leave a lot out. 
Um, so it took me a lot of practice to get it down. Um, and so now when I'm writing, um, I'm much, the transition is much easier for me uh, to kind of switch my brain over from writing adult to children's. Um, and I have to, with adult, I tend to maybe have like two rounds of revision, let's say for short stories. But for a picture book, I will have 10, 15, 20 rounds of revision, pen, depending on the manuscript. So I work over the text in a picture book a lot more because every single word counts. It needs to, you know, it needs to read aloud well. It needs to be interesting to not only the children, but the adults buying the book. Um, so it's, I, I have to work the language more. And I know that. And I think I have more patience with myself now, um, knowing that I am going to work this language over more than with an adult type um, typewriting. Um, so it's gotten easier for me uh, than in the beginning. Um, but uh, it's one of those things where, yes, I have to shift my brain. Okay, it's time to, I'm doing, I'm doing children's, this is different. Um, and, and, and fun for me. I like kind of engaging different parts of my brain. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm, I'm curious because you, you bring up a really good point, which is that there are those, you know, you have to have those illustrations in the book because it's a children's book. So do you also do your own illustrations? Um, everyone is uh, probably going to be happy about this. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> my books would not be very good if I did the illustrations. Uh, my talents don't lie there. So I do hire illustrators. Um, and it's probably one of my absolute favorite things. It's the reason that I decided to, to kind of go into the small press, uh, route because I absolutely am in love with children's art and children's illustration and children's illustrators. Um, my Instagram feed is full of all this art. Um, I could go on and on about styles and all kinds of things that I like, and I just, I love it so much. I love the whole process of finding, you know, you start with this story and you have to find an illustrator whose artwork matches the tone of the story. Um, and that's actually a bit of a challenge because you, you have to kind of step back and think, okay, I, I'm not just picking someone that I like, you know, that I like their art. It needs to match the story. So if I have a serious story, I need more somber style art. Um, same thing if I have kind of a goofy, funny story, I'm gonna need funny, goofy art. Um, and so I look through all these, you know, profiles and contact different illustrators, see who's available and also see who's in my price range. Um, and I just, I enjoy the creative process because what happens is when you get with a good illustrator, they come up with something even better than you imagined. And just the story comes to life in a totally different way because they, they put their own vision in it. And you know, when I was, when I wrote Grumbler, I pictured him as a furry mammal as I was writing. Um, the illustrator did not do Grumbler like that at all. Grumbler looks like a potato with a broken colander on his head. Um, and it's, it's funny and it's great, but it's totally different than what I thought. But that's what the beautiful part of it is. You need to be open to that because when I saw the character she created in the world, she created the world of Grumbler. Um, it's amazing. It just, 
this, it, it becomes so much bigger than just your idea when you bring someone else in. And that is what I love. And I have two books right now with illustrators. Um, one of them is the Grumbler illustrator. So I'm excited to see what she does with the next character. Um, and I can't wait. I love seeing their drawings. I love giving them feedback and saying, hey, you know, can we maybe add this or adjust this a little bit? It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful synergy that you have with illustrators. Well, you know, staying with the, the actual process part, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I haven't, I haven't worked on really any children's stories, or at least not all that much. But, you know, as you're writing it, you said you have got to keep in mind the fact that you're going to have illustrations to go along with it. So at which point in the process do you bring the illustrator on board? And then after your illustrator is chosen and does the images for the book, then do you go back through and do a few more edits to your book? Because now you have pictures and maybe you don't need to have some of the verbiage. Right. That's a great question. Um, so when I'm initially writing the manuscript, I write it so I don't include any visual, any, excuse me, any visual description. And I leave things open for interpretation for the illustrator. So I could say something instead of saying, um, let's say there's a mess in a room and the kids are going to get in trouble. Um, you know, in, instead of saying, oh, we, we knocked over all the chairs and uh, there was paint splattered on the walls and, you know, the ceiling fan was falling down. Instead of saying something like that, you just say something like the room was an absolute disaster. And that leaves it open for the illustrator to envision what that is and make it. But you have to be open to them coming up with what the disaster is. Um, so for me, I start out by writing text that is open for them to put their imprint on it. And then once they do the drawings um, and do all the art, I will go back and, and, and like kind of change the words a little bit if I need to. For example, in Grumbler, there's a scene around a pond. And I said something like, uh, Grumbler hands out um, the love to every, uh, I think the original text was wing and hoof that he can see. And when I saw the art, there were no hooves. So I had to say, okay, every wing and, you know, I forget what word I picked, but made it, made it match the art, maybe like paw, I think I used, mm -hmm. um, because there were none. So yes, yeah. I'll tweak it a little bit like that to make it match the pictures, but I won't make like huge changes. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it, it starts with me making sure there's, I don't, you know, that I leave the text open and I don't bring the illustrator on until after I've had. I've reworked the text. Uh, I've had it, I've revised it over and over and over and I'm, I'm satisfied with it. And then I also have uh, sent it to a professional editor. Wow. Um, so I make sure that the text is good to go before mm -hmm. I bring an illustrator on. Mm -hmm. That's, um, yeah, um, that's the reason is, is I don't want to have changes later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you know, that, that's a really good point because for one thing that is so different than how you write how you would write for adults you know where right. where we tend to put everything in but the kitchen sink and then start pulling it out 
Right. Um, since you're dealing with illustrations, you, like you said, you have to leave it open for interpretation. Um, but at the same time, you, you know, the fact that you have to go over it, even just the writing part so many times, you know, it, it kind of really points to the fact that, like you said, just because it's a 500 word children's book does not mean that, oh, well, I could just dash this off between breakfast and lunch and it'll be good to go because <laughs> it's only for kids, right? I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of going back and forth, which, you know, and, and the fact that you said you also send your manuscript to be professionally edited, which, you know, I mean, we all know how important that is. We all know that you cannot possibly, after a certain point, you cannot possibly edit your own work because you're, first of all, you're not seeing what's actually there. You're seeing what you think is there. You're thinking it's perfectly clear because somewhere in your head, you already understand it. But, you know, you, you need that professional objectivity and, and talent to, to have somebody go through the work. And I'm, I'm always surprised at how many beginning writers, not mm. those of us who have published, okay, whether we published books or, or have done articles for magazines or whatever, but how mm. many beginning writers say, well, you know, I don't want to work with an editor because they're going to change what I want to say and they're going to try and control it. And you know, if you have a good editor, isn't their job to make it better, not yes. to? Yes, enhance, help you enhance your message. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm also an editor and you are absolutely right. Um, and I will say right now, I am the absolute worst at seeing stuff in my own writing. I know this, my editor, and we joke about it because it'll be such blatant things and I will have looked at it a million times and I don't notice it. Mm -hmm. uh, like, God, I mixed up the two premieres with one with an E, one without an E. And I know the rules for that. Mm -hmm. uh, someone else, I would be able to fix it. But in my own work, no, I just don't even, don't even see it. So yes, it's, it, you do not see it. As an editor myself, I have a separate editor. Um, and you're right. The, the editor's job isn't going to be to change anything. Um, first off, you know, editors never go in and change. I, I never go in and write anything. Um, if I'm doing content editing, it's always comments as far as, Hey, add another detail here to explain this, or this part can be cut out because it slows the pacing. So it's comments like that, that help you make your story tighter and more clear, um, rather than someone going in and writing. Cause if, if anyone goes in and writes and makes changes, then they become a co-author uh -huh. if they're, if they actually mess with the content itself. Um, so that's something that I think is like a misconception. You're right. Um, uh -huh. and their editor's not going to, your story is not going to be something totally different because you've got an editor. They're going to help you and tell you kind of what to do to get your message across better. Uh -huh. You know, I, I had been talking to a writer friend some time ago who had turned her, her book over to a traditional publisher and it was going through the editing process. And when she got the first round of edits, that's exactly whoever that editor was. I don't know if it's a staff person or freelance. I mean, she actually went in and completely rewrote entire paragraphs. Oh, my 
Oh. And, and, you know, that's a no, no for me. <laughs> yeah. And, and my friend is going, okay, first of all, that completely changes the story, you right. know, because I mean, they were just changing everything, facts, everything, right. but it was, it was just, wait a minute, you know, suggestions. Yes. Tell me when I've accidentally, like you said, used the wrong word or whatever, or there's redundancies. Right. Or, you know, the same word shows up three times in the same paragraph, mm -hmm. which you may not catch unless you're reading it out loud. But yeah, if, if that editor actually starts completely revising it, mm -hmm. then that's they cross a line. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> a line that one should never cross. So, um, so now I'm, I'm curious, because you are, you know, you also write for adults and everything. Have you found that writing your children's books has helped you in in some way from from a technical perspective when you start writing your adult books has has it has it strengthened any aspect of your writing uh yes absolutely first it makes uh it i kind of get in the habit of writing nice and tight and thinking okay no extra words no you know no extra words so when i am going through my own work to revise my sentences tend to be tighter and the other thing is I find myself reading things out loud um, because I'm so used to constantly reading my stuff aloud when I'm writing the picture books. Um, I do it with my adult stuff too. And you catch things, um, errors that you don't see, but also sometimes you have sentence sentences that are clunky and you don't realize it until you, you try to read it out loud and you keep like stuttering and tripping over your words. And you, and that is a signal that your reader is probably going to do that too when they're in their head when they're reading. Um, so that's a good, a kind of a good habit that I've gotten from doing picture books. Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm curious, what does writing children's books do for you as a writer? I mean, how, what, what has it done for you? Just, they from, just are, from a fun standpoint. From a fun, I was going. That's exactly where I was. Where I was going. They are so fun, um, so fun because you get to. You know, we were talking about kind of tapping into your inner child, and you get to do that. You get to be silly and goofy. It, I tend to write funny books, um, so you get to be a kid again, you get to see the world as a, as a kid would, because, you know, when you're coming up with a story concept, you have to think, okay, what's funny to a kid? What was funny when I was a kid? Also, what is a problem that is like huge to a kid, but that as an adult, we don't care about, like, for example, getting lost, you know, if I get lost, if I'm in a store and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, where's the exit? You know, well, we just kind of walk around, and figure it out. Right. As a child, if I'm in a store with my mom and all of a sudden mom is gone, it's terrifying. It is, oh my gosh, what do I do? I'm just going to start crying. This is so scary. Um, you know, it's a huge deal. So you kind of get to shift your thinking and remember, you know, remember problems, remember things, also remember things that are interesting, you know. Uh, having kids, I think, too, helps you remember that perspective. You know, you can still write kids books if you don't have kids, but it's just, it helps you remember, for example, my kids, you know, when we go outside, they notice things that I don't really care about anymore, right? Like, oh, mom, look, look at this anthill. Look at what the ant 
ants are doing. And normally who cares about the <laughs> anthill, right? But I will sit there and look and I will remember that it is amazing. They're all working together and, and this ant is carrying something that is larger than his body. And it is incredible. So it's, it's looking at the world again through that lens and kind of rediscovering these things that we just stopped noticing as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of plays into the children's books. Um, I have one with an illustrator right now where the humor is that the roles are totally reversed, where the kid is kind of being normal and the mom is the one who's doing all the things she shouldn't like flinging breakfast across the kitchen, jumping on the bed, you know, uh, grabbing all the candy at checkout. And it, it was so fun for me to, to kind of picture that as me. What if I did that? What if I, you know, did all the things that my kids did, you know, jumping on a couch and, you know, burping, you know, out loud <laughs> at the restaurant. Um, and so it's really fun to think like that. And so that's what I think writing picture books brings me an extra level of joy and appreciation for things in life that I would ignore normally. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned that you've got children, um, Luke and Caleb, right? Yes. So have they um, inspired any of the storylines that you've been working on? You know, I, I have lots and lots of picture book ideas. Once you get, once you start thinking of picture book ideas, they just start come in like crazy. And so I have notebooks full of ideas and some of them are from them. And some of them, I, it's just something that they said out loud that was hilarious. I'm like, oh, I need to use this in a book. It's a great line of dialogue. And I don't know what's going to end up in books and what isn't. Um, the one with the mom being silly, I definitely was going through the day thinking of things that my kids did um, that, you know, like they would think is hilarious if it was reversed. Uh, you know, like the, you know, playing they, okay. For example, they play baseball with all the kids on the street and it is a big deal. And if someone gets out and someone doesn't agree, there's this huge argument and there's someone pouting. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I was the one playing baseball and I was the one pouting and yelling about being out. So that kind of came from them. And that book is sixth Sunday. It is with, it's with the illustrator right now. The whole premise is, um, the kid says, I want mom to break the rules. And she says she will on the sixth Sunday of the month. So that's a joke for the parents in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that there's that. And you know, what's really interesting and kind of surprising to me is how interested, especially my older son, uh, Luke, how Luke is so interested in the whole process. So I said, I will read my different versions of the story to Luke. And we talk about revisions that I've made. Um, he loves seeing the initial sketches that come in of the characters and, and, and like giving feedback. He will sit there and look at the pictures, um, getting proofs. He likes to see the proofs. He likes to see, he loves checking, you know, my KDP dashboard with me. How many books did we sell today? Um, so it, it's really been fun kind of seeing how he is interested in the, just the whole process of behind the scenes of making a book. Um, and you know, he even, he even designed a t-shirt with my book covers on it because he wanted to wear it and help promote the books. Um, and I'm like, okay, hey, <laughs> go for it, son. <laughs> um, so that's been really interesting and fun. I don't know if he'll want to do it when he grows up, but yes, he, he does write, write his own books. 
they're on like little computer paper right now. And I'm thinking like one day I will like do something like publish something of his uh, for mm-hmm. fun. I, he did write a, his own uh, holiday recipes cookbook. He's very into cookbooks. I think he's going to be a foodie when he gets older and he made up his own recipes. Um, and one of them was, you know, cookies with like so many sugary things on top. I couldn't even, but I printed it out <laughs> and, and I had it printed at like Staples and, you know, handed it out to the, the family members, but he was so excited to see his, his hold his finished product of his cookbook that he made, uh, and wrote out all the recipes. Um, so it's been a really fun influence on my kids. Um, the younger one, he kind of is into little aspects of it, but not as much. He kind of like does his own thing. Um, so I, that's been a wonderful surprise, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what happens when he grows up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's, that is interesting. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you had mentioned that about the t-shirt and everything, because that takes me right into where I wanted to go next, which is out of the creative aspect and more into the business side of being an author, which again, new authors sometimes don't realize there's the creative hat when you're writing. And then there's the business hat when you're promoting and you can't, can't skip that. So when you're dealing, you know, in your case, you're writing for children, you're writing for adults, you're writing fiction, you're writing nonfiction. How, how do you market yourself? How do you promote yourself? Because, um, you know, it's not like you're only in one lane, so to speak. Right. You're exactly right. Um, it's harder on myself because <laughs> I have to kind of wear different hats. Um, so I kind of, because I'm, I'm a small press, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I publish, um, I tend to do things about love, wellness, humor, and kids stuff, but not just kids stuff. And I have signed different authors now that will be this. Um, this is the year where I'm branching out and stepping more into a publisher role, which is kind of like my goal. I've always wanted to do it. I just love publishing so much. Um, so I've signed a lot of, you know, maybe I think seven authors, uh, even though I've only announced four um, that are going to do different things for me. And so I kind of, because I have that umbrella it's more like, oh yeah, of course she publishes different things because, you know, she has a small press, but when I'm promoting, it's kind of extra work because I'm thinking, okay, this week I'm going to be working on promoting my children's books. Let me contact children's book reviewers. Let me contact Instagrammers. Let me, you know, uh, do a children's book promotion on book funnel. Let me, you know, that kind of thing. And then I also have, okay, I have this adult series, uh, how I met my other, that one, I'm surprised the past few months, that one has been selling pretty well. Um, I think my Amazon ads are, are picking up better. Um, and so for that one, it's the same thing. I need to, I need, okay, who am I promoting this, this series to? That's a different, different, you know, kind of, all right. Uh, I usually promote that to, to women. Um, and then what's nice about that one is I can promote it to single and to married women um, of different ages. So it's, it's, you know, different hats. And then I have my journals that I'm doing. So it is you, for me as a multi-genre author, I have to be cognizant of what I am promoting and reaching different people, um, and doing different, you know, different things. Um, I recently, I recently got on Twitter, which I waited so long. I'm like, I don't want to do another social media. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh Lord. But I did get on because I wanted to connect with other writers and I wanted to bring other writers in 
um, you know, I have submissions open for things. I need, you know, I have anthology submissions open and I need writers to send in their work for that. So that's kind of why I did that. Um, so that for me, I'm like, okay, now I'm on Twitter to connect with writers and to get them to send me their things so that I can kind of see what I want to publish. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's, it's one of those things that you need to make conscious choices. Books do not sell themselves. You have to take action to sell books. And everyone wants to know what works, right? Where should I spend my time? What works? What works? And here's the answer. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, I do, I just kind of throw all kinds of things out there. I'm like, I'll do a podcast. I'll do, I'll be a web, you know, I'll write a guest blog. I'll, you know, I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll, I send out actually paperbacks to, you know, I have a book for teachers. It's a journal designed just for teachers and their mental health. I will send copies to school, people at schools. And, and, and I, the problem is, is with stuff like that, there is no data to track. Did I make a sale from that? You know, oh, I did story time at the library. Um, you know, did someone go home and buy my book? They could have, I don't, you know, so that's the problem is the only thing that you can track are things like Amazon ads and Facebook and Instagram ads. You can, you can track, track that. Um, but that's, that's it because there's all these other things that you can do um, that may, that you don't know, you know? Um, so for, for marketing and for the business side, you have to take action and you have to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The minute that you, you know, let's say you're like, I'm going to just take a break for six months. You're not going to have sales for six months um, because you have to push your book. Um, There are so many, I think, I forget what statistic it was. I think in 2019, I think uh, 720,000 books were published in the United States. I mean, that's your competition. Uh So it's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to put it on Amazon and people are just going to find it. No, you, you need to make it so they find it. You need to have your website and you need to draw people in and, and, and do whatever, do whatever you can that fits in your schedule. Some people can do more. Some people, you know, you have a busy work schedule and you can't do like a ton of stuff, but um, you got to keep at it. And that's, that's the thing that I think new authors have a hard time with is they'll say, I just want to write. And that's great. And if you just want to write, write. But if you want to publish and sell, like, I want to make money off this. That's, that's a different game. That's a mm-hmm. business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is true. And, and I think the other thing is they, or they'll say, well, they'll either say, I'm going to go the traditional route because my agent and my publisher will do the marketing, which we know mm-hmm. that's not the case. That's not true. <laughs> or they'll say, I'm going to self-publish because I want to keep all the profits but when you ask them, okay, do you have a marketing plan? Their marketing plan consists of, I'm going to write and publish it. And the marketing plan stops right there. And it's like, yeah. no matter which way you go, traditional or self-publishing, you still have to have some kind of a marketing plan and then constantly be refining it because right. what worked before maybe isn't going to work now. I I know, like in my case, I have two books out for writers. And it used to be, I would schedule workshops, you know, I, first of all, I would travel a lot to 
make sure I traveled wherever I had family or friends, and then, um, you know, schedule workshops. And then that would lead to book sales right, for yes. those. Spe- okay, well, we all know how last year went. Yes. Oh, you my know. gosh, I had the so, same thing. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was kind of like, okay, the, my entire public or marketing plan for the, for the, the nonfiction centered around me showing up in person and all of a sudden it became that's not going to work so you know that that actually you know it was a good thing pushed me out of my comfort zone led me into doing these podcasts and everything but it's still you know you you can't rely on what worked before because maybe that's not what the trend is now and things change and we've learned that the hard way so you know but but i i i like the idea too that you make the point you decide you know okay right now i'm going to focus on marketing my children's books so this is this is my target this is what i'm going to do not just kind of like i'm going to market myself as an author and throw everything out and hope you hit the right audience you have to really kind of narrow the focus down so um so what is the next project that you're working on oh boy (laughs) um i i have so uh these couple months um of 2020 i've thrown myself into publishing other people's stuff um so i have more journals coming and in the focus journals um written so the focus journals it's one year and you focus on one thing for one year. I'm just going to focus on this. Um, and then some of them are targeting different people. Like I have one for teachers that's focusing on balance because teachers, you know, spend so much time at work and you know, you need to step back and take care of your mental health too. Um, and that's something the teachers are just not good at because it's, there's always more to do. Um, and I, I know that from experience. And then I, you know, like with mothers, I have one for inner peace because I feel like you always feel like you're criticizing yourself and you're never doing enough. And, and, you know, there's one, that's what that is focused on. So I have a journal coming out. Um, and then there were, I was going to say there were other journals that I wanted to do, but I wasn't comfortable with, cause I didn't feel like I was the person to write it. Um, so I have one coming out by, um, Cheryl Lynn West. It's going to be a grief journal that, um, she lost her husband, Frank. Um, and so she is going to write a grief journal for those who are mourning. Um, and then I have one that's a spiritual journal that's going to come out by uh, Carrie Evelyn. She writes uh, inspirational uh, romance and um, her faith is a big part of her life. And so I thought she would be perfect to write a faith-based uh, journal. Um, I have just now I am in the in conversation with a nurse uh, to do one for nurses um, so as you can see this, like the journals, like I'm trying to think of, you know, people who have, you know, need to focus on their mental health and, and, and more. Um, so, you know, th- that kind of pet project is more, you know, kind of like from the heart. Um, and then I have other ones. I have, um, a book for parents that's coming out. Um, there's one that I'm excited about on, um, sexual wellness, you know, like that kind of element, um, that's going to be by a, um, a retired sex therapist. Um, it's going to be specifically for women. And then, which now I have the issue of, okay, well, I publish children's books. I'm known for that, but then I'm going to have like a sexual wellness journal type of thing. Um, so how do I 
you know, that's going to be a marketing challenge for me personally. Um, so I'm taking on romance novels right now. I love romance novels and I want to get some of those out too, to help kind of go with that type of journal, um, and build up my market for that. Um, so I have all kinds of things coming. I have two picture books in the works. I have another, the third, how I met my other, which is going to be engagements. And probably one of my favorite things right now that we're doing is, um, Oh my gosh, I'm so honored and so lucky. Um, the One Pulse Foundation um, agreed that we could do a book for the five-year remembrance of the, the, of the Pulse tragedy. That's and wonderful. yes, and all of the proceeds are going to go to One Pulse. Um, and they let us like, because we're partnering, partnering with them, we had to like kind of use their branding, which we were like, that's fine. But then we get to be on their website and the book is going to be at the Pulse Memorial Museum. And if they're like, it's going to be available through One Pulse Foundation as well. Um, and so it's all going to, you know, it's open, open submissions for short stories um, and creative nonfiction um, about, about Pulse. Um, so I just got chills talking about it because I, I'm just so my, you know, I tend to publish and write from the heart um, and, you know, things I really care about, like mental health and, and all kinds of things. And, and you know, I take on projects that really speak to me and make me think, hey, if I publish this, you know, it's going to make someone happy. It's going to better the world. Um, and that's kind of where I'm coming from and kind of the focus of my brand. Um, I'm not necessarily about, oh, I'm going to write this mega bestseller. I make all this money. That's not, I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not what I, why, why I'm here. I'm here because I feel like I want my books to help people and to bring more happiness to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of sums up all my, Boy, you've got quite a bit going <laughs> on. Well, I, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time today to be on the podcast. It was wonderful having you, having you share the, the uh, expertise you've developed in writing children's books. I think that'll be certainly um, very eye-opening to those of us who don't write for children, that it really isn't as easy as you think it would be. <laughs> and, um, and also about the marketing information. I, I think uh, all in all, it's just been very valuable information. And, and I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. All right, great. Well, definitely good luck with all your projects and keep me updated as to where, you know, where the next one takes you. And, um, <laughs> you know, as I said, the, the links to your website and social media and that will all be in the show notes. So people will be able to check you out, follow you on social media and, um, you know, go to your uh, business website as well. So, but thanks so much. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. Well, thank you.